In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel passage we heard today was from chapter 10 of John's Gospel, and it continues on from the ending of chapter 9. And towards the end of chapter 9, Jesus is in a dialogue with the Pharisees, a certain group of Jewish leaders of his day. And he's trying to point out to them their blindness, especially their spiritual blindness, as they witness him teaching and performing miracles and spending time with certain groups of people for the past three years or so. And he has to give them this image that we heard today twice, that he is the good shepherd and that those who want to follow him are his sheep. So why does that happen twice? Why do they not understand the first time? This image is not something new to the Jews. The image of the Messiah being the shepherd of those he's going to come and save is all over the Old Testament. It's all over the Psalms. It's throughout the history of David, King David. It's there. And it's not only with the Messiah, it's with God himself. It's reflected again throughout the Old Testament that God is a shepherd who loves his sheep dearly. While many might think of that image as something belittling because sheep are considered to be so helpless and not know anything, it's actually a term of endearment to call a group of people your sheep and to label yourself, to identify yourself as the shepherd. Again, why do they not understand this image if it's familiar to Jewish salvation history? What, what are they listening to instead? Whose voice are they listening to instead? If we're going to try to understand this image, we need to look first at what a sheep is. And like we said, completely on the fact that sheep are completely helpless. They rely completely on someone else for direction. They, they rely completely on someone else for survival. Without a shepherd, sheep cannot find their own way. They cannot find food. They cannot find shelter. So they are completely lost and helpless, and especially in the face of danger. What does that say about the shepherd? A shepherd must do everything for his sheep. He must be everything for his sheep. He must watch over them at all times, protect them at all times, feed them and guide them. And he must teach them his voice. He must lead them down a path where they become familiar with his voice. In fact, he must become the path for them. He must travel every path first to make sure it's not dangerous so that his sheep can safely make their way across and find shelter and food and survival. And when they get lost, he must also do what he can to bring them back, even if it involves risking his own life. If Jesus is calling us sheep, then we need all of those things that we just mentioned. Currently, if we subscribe to that image, if we believe in what Jesus is saying, if we believe that Jesus knows what's best for us, and we do admit that we are sheep and we are in need of a shepherd, currently, who are we going to for those things? Who are we going to for the sake of our survival? 
obviously we know that when we get hurt, we can go to a doctor and that doctor can give us a cure. When we have a question, we can ask a teacher or our parents or a priest and they can maybe guide us towards an answer. But there are certain things, there is a certain kind of nourishment we can only get from God himself because we know that we're not just flesh, but that as human beings, we are both body and soul. And our soul cannot sustain itself. We cannot be our own source of direction ultimately. We cannot be our own source of nourishment ultimately. There is something we must get from God. There is something we must be receptive enough to accept from God. And Jesus mentions what that is in the gospel passage we heard today. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not just physical, what Christ is offering us as our shepherd. Not just physical sustenance, not just physical nourishment, not just a good life in the way that we might think about it in today's world. Not just physical comfort or material well-being, but true life and to have it abundantly. What does that mean? It means to know the truth of why we exist. It means to know what we are as human beings. It means to look for and find what actually satisfies the deepest longings of our hearts. Because as we know, there are so many things that we run after, and sometimes we get those things. But that's not the end for us. We're not left fully satisfied. There's always more we try to reach for. Because, like I said, we're creatures of the flesh. But with this Good Shepherd, we're offered abundant life. One of the things that shepherds would do in the fields when they were not at their homes, they would try to safeguard their sheep by finding some pasture in the middle of, the, of a field that was sort of enclosed with rocks and to close off this enclosement, the shepherd would lay himself down at, to form a door so that he could be in the face of whatever threat would come to harm the flock. And at the end of the day, when the sheep were settling and the shepherd was settling with them, they would have to pass under his staff so that he could check if they were hurt by anything they experienced from roaming around throughout the day. Jesus offers us the chance to not be slaves to sin anymore. He, he, he comes to become like one of us. He takes on our flesh to experience everything that we experience and to offer us a chance to examine ourselves, to prevent ourselves from getting hurt by the sins we often fall into. To be free from sin, to realize the gravity of being slaves to sin, and to become free from that, that is abundant life. To be in communion with a father, to be following the voice of our shepherd, that is abundant life. Because following the voice of our shepherd, like Jesus says, is an opportunity for us to come and go. And in the Jewish language, that is an expression of freedom. Abundant life is living with freedom. Not just freedom to do whatever we want in the minimal sense of freedom that's often defined today in society. It's freedom to be who, who we're supposed to be. And that means being free from the shackles of sin. 
That means not being weighed down by certain temptations that drag us away from the voice of our shepherd. There are so many voices in today's society, so many alternatives that seek to identify themselves as shepherds, as sources of guidance, as sources of truth. It's up to us to have well-formed consciences, to discern the quality of these voices, to discern what kind of paths they're leading us down, to discern whether they are actually leading us to identify what true freedom is. In the end, so many of these voices, as Jesus calls us to understand today, are hired hands. They're not there for the long run. They're not there for the entire race of our spiritual life to gain the imperishable crown that St. Paul talks about. They are hired hands, which means that in the face of danger, the real danger being sin, the real threat to our souls being sin, there are so many ideas and so many people and so many figures out there that cannot sustain us, that cannot give us happiness, that cannot shield us from falling into sin and hurting our souls. They cannot find us when we are lost. They cannot give us salvation, and we also cannot give ourselves salvation from sin. Falling into sin and falling into it habitually is putting on ourselves a debt that we can never repay because it is a debt against God. If we don't understand like the Pharisees, if we don't get this image, if we don't appreciate its beauty, and if we don't subscribe to it, if we don't live according to it, then we need to ask ourselves, whose voice are we listening to? You and I are free to follow whoever we want, but what voice are we going to follow? And what is that voice leading us to? Is it leading us to a pasture where we can eat of a food, where we can go to a banquet and partake in something that's gonna last forever, as we have the opportunity to do in the Eucharist at every Mass? Or is it gonna be something that's gonna satisfy us and make us feel good temporarily? Jesus, like we said and we heard in this Gospel passage today, is the door. He is the door to peace. He is the door to abundant life. Let's not waste that opportunity. Amen.